Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll be in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 23. We'll also begin a new study of topical teachings on the essentials for a follower of Christ. We'll look at prayer today. Seeking, listening, and speaking to God. Here is the first half of a two-part study. My, the man who discipled me, Louis Delgado, uh, God rest his soul, he's with, he- with God now. Uh, sweetest man, uh, discipled so many people. But every year when you worked in ministry with Pastor Louis, Louis would sit down with that person that was the leader of that ministry, and he would, he would want to know how your year went. The highs and the lows, the things that you need to work on. Uh, is there a different direction that God's kind of showing you? And, and we would get together, eat, break bread together and pray. And, and a lot of times, man, it's, when you do a, a check of the heart, and especially when you're doing ministry, um, it's, it's one of those things where you, you, you realize, you know, getting busy in certain areas or things that are happening, especially because I was doing radio at the time in men's uh, teaching men's study and trying to learn that balance of being a father and a husband and 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 I was in school full-time and so Louie would actually sit down with me once a year and he would want to know how how is your walk that would be the first question not how's your ministry how is your walk with God and then we would get into the ministry stuff and where can I help you that was always his thing today we'll be looking at prayer uh, seeking and listening and speaking to God Seeking and listening and speaking to God. On Wednesday night, we'll be dealing with sin, recognition of confession, repentance, and transformation. So the first thing whenever you deal with sin, you have to, be, you have to recognize it. And so one of the things that we've been, me and Teresa have been listening to over the last couple of weeks is a book called God's at War by Kyle Alderman, and it deals with idolatry. Every sin is, is from the root of idolatry, and we'll go over that. And, and it's important for us to understand that. And then we'll look at living God's Word daily, growing in obedience and application. Something that Calvary Chapel, we're supposed to do. We should know that, right? But we need to go over that. Godly speech, the power of words. I need to work on this. So I'm, I'm telling you straight up, it's something that I need myself. Um, and then love God, love people, living a loving relationship with the Lord your God and learning to love the way Jesus loves. It's the two commandments. There are 613 commandments that we have, and there's only two that Jesus narrowed it down to. 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then I think in one of the, the, the Gospels it says, in strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. But one of the things that's really important as we look at that is love your God. As we look at that, that last song, The Great I Am. The demons run and flee, the mountains shake, and yet he wants a relationship with you. It's important. And, and he, he, he loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And, and Jesus is the example of what Christ's love should look like in our lives. And then finally, being a disciple of Christ. Growing together in Christ's likeness daily and doing everyday life together. So discipleship begins in your home, in your home, in your marriage, with your kids. And then beyond that, it's into the church and out into the community. And so we need to, we need to understand that these are things that, that I see as a directional change for us as a church. What is the book for? Start taking notes in church. This is also your prayer book. So when we do prayer on, at the beginning of the month, I, I want to hear about the prayers that were answered and the prayers that you, you still need us to pray for. We've got to get serious about our walks with Christ. And what I mean by that is like I, one of the things that I heard that was said, and I have been asking God, I, I, I've been in some serious prayer. And one of the things we heard when we were in, in uh, Corpus, one of the pastors, David Rosales, said in Matthew 15, 8, the people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And that's not what I want this church to be. We need to be known for our love. And, and you can tell me lip service all day where your walk is, but if, 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 if it needs work, then get busy doing the work with God. Because I want your heart to be right with God. And so that's where we're going. So every time I was, was putting this together over the last three months, I kept asking God, show me. Show me something. And every time there would be something on the radio, some pastor that would be teaching, it would be one of the verses that were, that were on here. And then we go to the corpus, and, and it's over and over. And then yesterday I had lunch with Pastor Escabel. And I asked him, I said, you know, what, what would be the first thing that you would work on as a church? And he said it, my house is a house of prayer. I said, well, that's awesome because that's the first thing I'm teaching on next week. And I need that. I need to hear that. I want to make sure that it's confirmation from the Holy Spirit and not Mike. And so today we're going to talk about prayer. Seeking God, but listening. Listening and also speaking. And let's pray. We'll go ahead and get into our study. We're going to be in all of Nehemiah chapter 4 today. Uh, all of Nehemiah chapter 4. Um, for me, I... I I, I would tell you this, I'm, I have put my hands to the plow and have not looked back. And it tells you that in Scripture. And, and so, if you want to play church, you're wasting your Sundays. Okay? If you want to play church, you're just wasting your Sundays. Because I can tell you, in this community, these churches are filled with a lot of people playing church. Because they grew up in church. This is what we do. And so for us, it's like, it, it does, is it really here in our hearts that we're going to walk with you? That, that I am going to die to self and pick up my cross and follow you as a disciple of Christ. And there's a certain discipline within that. 
Meaning that you're in the Word of God. You're in prayer. You're not only reading the Word of God, but you're applying it in your life. You're being obedient to it. You recognize your sin. You deal with your stuff. And you put your hands to the plow and you keep moving forward. And that's hard for, you know, for us to, to look at. But the reality of it is, I remember at a men's study and Reuben was there. I told the men, if you're not here for God, you just came because you need to come. Because your wife made you come, you can get in your car and you go home. That's the reality of it. It's like that's because you're just wasting your time. You're not really here for God. It's, it's got to be from the heart. It's not just head knowledge. And that's the witness of the church today is there's a lot of head knowledge. We have a lot of Spurgeons, but they're, they're not walking with God. We don't have disciples like the apostles when they were out doing. What did the apostles do every day? They were out in the community serving the, the community. They were serving each other. They were loving on each other. That's what disciples do. But that means, look, man, if you're falling into a sin, you need to deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it, it's going to continue. It just continues. It's like a, a ball going down a hill. You can't slow it down until it crashes. As my wife said, you can keep running the stop sign, but eventually the, you're going to have a car crash. And, and the reality of it is, is like we want to be followers of God. That's what I want. I don't know about you, but for me, that's what I want for myself. And I want that for you as your shepherd, your under-shepherd. But that means that we, we have to, we need to take a look at, our, 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 at ourselves in the mirror and, and where are we at in our walk. Because I looked at my life, I'll be honest with you. There, prayer, undisciplined. I'm your pastor. I'm being honest with you. Too busy. Got to slow down. Need to spend more time in prayer. We, I'm serious. It's like we, there's things that each of us can learn from this. And that's all it really is. It's just information for us to learn. But if we don't apply it and live it in our heart, they're just words on a book, on a piece of paper. And the reason why I gave you those books is because I want you to start writing your prayers down. And I want you to do. Miss Donna is very good about that. She writes her prayers down. And as they get answered, she's, she marks them out because she knows that prayer was answered by God. She's intentional about it. And we need to be intentional about it as well. Our walks with God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the word. We pray for this, this study overall. I, I pray for my life. I know there are things that I need to work on. There are, um, you know, it, I'm, I'm just a man. <laughs> I need work too. Uh, and, and I think just that time of, of, of back in October when this was put on my heart, and then over the last three months, how just through your word and through uh, time of, of fellowship with my wife and, and just hearing other pastors, just things that the scriptures just over and over and over. Um, I believe the direction has come from you, Father God. And, and I, I ask, you know, that we would be serious about, you know, we, we look at the great I am that we... The demons run and flee. Uh, the mountains shake. And that's who we come before. And we're supposed to do everything unto the Lord. And, and how is that going? And so I pray. I pray as we dive into this study this week on prayer. Uh, that we would uh, get, in, uh, get not just intentional about our prayer. But be, 
be adamant about seeking you, Lord, and seeking those prayers being answered. I thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing in this church. I, I, we are blessed to have everyone here. I love them dearly. At the, at the end of the day, it's, it, you know, I, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard at times because you, you want to see everybody do well. But, I, I, you know, there are times when I don't do well. And, and so I, I just pray, Father God, for, uh, for us to, uh, to, to put our hands back to the plow, to keep our eyes forward and seeking you, um, that we would be busy about doing the work of the Lord in our homes, in our marriages, in our families. I thank you so much for uh, those that are watching online because I know I, I had somebody ask me last week, where was worship? And we, we couldn't get it going last week. We, were, we barely made it last week. But thank you for Tony and Floor and everybody that was here last week. Um, but, you know, Father God, we, we just pray uh, for them as well. We lift them up and uh, we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. Verse 1 says, Now when Samballot heard that we were building a wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said, In the presence of his brothers and the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn the ones that... When Tobiah an Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Yes, what, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear o, hear, o our God, for we are despised. Turn back the taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of, your builders, uh, in the, presence of the builders. So we built the wall and all the wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work. And so we're looking at this, and, and one of the verses that, that I love is, is, uh, is, it says, Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Uh, Isaiah 50, 56, 7 says, For my house shall be a, a called a house of prayer for all nations. A house shall be called a, a house of prayer for all nations. When we look at Nehemiah, Nehemiah the wall took about 52 days to, to be built. And the beauty about Nehemiah as a leader, Nehemiah was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. But he was also a leader. And he was a man of faith and action. And, and what he had when he built the wall were different people surrounding the city so he had perfumers and goldsmiths and daughters and priests and out-of-towners and all these different people that were all working together to do God's work. And, and just as they're doing the Lord's work, one of the things that I love about Nehemiah is he's a man of prayer. The devil shows up. The enemy shows up. And we see that in that first little part of the Scripture. But sadly, when we look at... Uh, when we look at the, where we're at, four out of ten Christians do not believe in the devil. Where that comes from, I have no idea. Because it's in Scripture. Uh, it's, but it's sad. That's the state that we're in right now. It's, we're, we're, we are seeing the great apostasy happening in front of us, unfortunately. A lot of people are falling away. 
We know that we went over it in Genesis chapter 3. We, we learned about the serpent, right? Matthew uh, talks about how Jesus was tempted by the devil in Matthew 4.1. And Jesus even said in Luke chapter 10 verse 18 that I saw Satan falling like, a, uh, like lightning from heaven. And we know at the end of the book of Revelations, when we look at Revelations 12.9, it says, And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent who was called the devil, and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And so we know that, that, that Jesus defeated death, and we know that there will be victory. In Romans chapter 16, verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of your Lord Christ, Jesus Christ, be with you. So now, non-believers, actually 51% of Americans believe in Satan. And we're seeing a huge uptick in, in uh, demonic and, um, you know, worship of Satan. There's churches now. Uh, they're even trying to infiltrate the schools as well. And, uh, and, and it's sad to kind of look at the state that we're at because when you look at it, you have only 49% of, of, of Americans that believe that God exists. So you actually have in that Barner survey, it shows that there are more people that actually believe that the Satan is real than God. And that's where our world is right now. And we know that, that Satan stirs things up and wants us to fall into sin. And one of the things I love about Sanballat is Sanballat, the first thing he does is he seeks prayer. He seeks prayer. He stops and he prays. That's a good lesson for us. Let's look at verse 1. It says, Now when Sanballat heard that the, they were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at, at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and, then, and of the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they, will they sacrifice? Will they finish it up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn ones at that? And so... Um, Sam Ballin and Tobiah, if you re read Nehemiah, the beauty of Nehemiah, Nehemiah has it put on his heart that he needs to go and build the wall for Jerusalem. And what does he do? The first thing he does is he prays. He prays. And one of the things that you get in that prayer in, verse, in chapter 1 is you get adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. He adores God. And he does it here when he calls him the Lord is great and awesome. But he also confesses the sin of Israel. He confesses the sin of Israel, but he just doesn't confess the sin of Israel. He confesses his sin. And then he goes into thanksgiving and supplication. We see here that Sanballat and Tobiah, they were against Nehemiah from the very beginning. Did not want him uh, in the area because Sanballat and Tobiah was actually skimming taxes from the king. And making, making money. And they were losing their investment and their control of the area because Nehemiah was there. And that happens when God comes into a life. There are going to be things that have to go. That have to disappear. Because if not, they draw you back in. The devil uses those little, looks like a necklace, beautiful. But it's a collar. It's a sin. They're like you go, I want that necklace. And you go for it. And then what you're doing is you're diving back into sin again, and you're done hooked yourself to a collar, and you can't go nowhere. Same thing if you were trying to put a bracelet on or a beautiful watch, and you go, man, I really like that. But it's sin. 
He's, he's shackling you back to that sin again. And so you've got to be careful with that. And that's what Sanballat and Tobiah are doing. They're actually not only mocking, but they're mocking and ridiculing Nehemiah and the work that's being done for God. And I want to tell you something that's very important that you understand. Mocking and ridiculing is the language of the devil. Okay? You need to write that one down. When you're mocking and ridiculing people, that is, that is the devil's language. He loves it. He loves it. And, and we need to be careful with that. One of the things that we know with, with Nehemiah is that he was a, a, a man of prayer, but a man of God. A man of faith. He was a just man. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Your strength does not come from yourself. It comes from God. Too many of us are relying on ourselves and not God. We think that there's no way for us to get out of the situation that we're in. There's no way for this, this problem to be fixed. Where's your strength come from? From the Lord. You need to understand that there are, there are spiritual warfare that is happening around us in the spiritual realm, and it does impact the physical realm at times. And, and, and the, the, the mocking and calling them feeble Jews, or you know, t- talking to them as being feeble, the work that you're doing is feeble, this is the only time that word is used in the Bible. The only time. And, and it, it means, in the Hebrew, it actually means lack of strength. What we would think it would mean, right? Feeble. See, I want to be weak because He's strong. In my weakness is where He shines. In my weakness is where He does the most work. In your brokenness is where God can move. That's important to understand. Sometimes when things are so crazy and we're trying to figure out what's going on, Seek God in prayer and understand that in that brokenness, that's where God can do some of the greatest work because you're humble in that moment. There's humility in that moment. We are weak. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7-10, through 10, it says, But we have the treasures in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. We get in that verse that you will be afflicted, you will be crushed, you will be persecuted, and you will be struck down. But guess who has you? God. God's got you. But, but again, if, if, you're, if, you're, if your relationship with God is not right, you're not going to understand that. You're going to keep trying to fix things in your own strength. As Christians, one of the things that we need to understand is that the devil will come after us consistently all the time. But let me tell you something. If you're serving in church, oh, you can bet believe he's going to come after you even harder because you're doing the work of the Lord. You need not to fall into the temptations that he's putting in front of you. He tells you as a follower of Christ, one of the things that I love is I I, I remember uh, one of the pastors saying this. He said that, you know, as, as, a, as a follower of Christ, we need to have a heart of a dove, but the skin of a rhinoceros while serving the Lord. You need to have the heart of a dove, but the skin of a rhinoceros, meaning that you are going to be attacked constantly. 
And if you're being attacked, how much more does your pastor need prayer? Hello? It, it's the reality of it is that the devil doesn't want this to happen at all. And so he disrupts marriages, he disrupts families, he disrupts ministries, he disrupts church. He puts us in a little room instead of this room. And what are we going to do? Are we going to start complaining, getting upset? What are we doing? Like, I'm here to teach. Whether I'm outside teaching in that, that little field out there, I'm going to teach. I have prepared a word to teach, and I'm teaching it. And whether there's nobody here or not, I'm still teaching it to an audience of one because that's what I've been called to do. The culture today wants to run. They want to say that I've been triggered. We need to understand that when we serve the Lord, we serve the Lord knowing that we are going to be attacked. It's going to happen. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station it's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you and I would say um, make that donation to them I hope that you have a wonderful wonderful day God bless you remember you can find us at calvarydivine.org calvarydivine.org God bless you